0: Welcome to Beyond the Wall, Masaya del Muro, a bilingual podcast where we dive into muralism and public art, getting to know it on a deeper level as we learn about the people, process, and philosophy behind the work. I'm your host, Shannon McAvoy, recording from Santiago, Chile. Welcome back, Adriana Mujerreji. Adriana is a very talented painter and mosaic artist based in Cordoba, Argentina. She is known for her excellence in mosaic portraiture, and she has traveled all over the world teaching mosaic portrait workshops. She has also done several mosaic murals. I met Adriana at the first international urban mosaic intervention in Puente Alto, Santiago, Chile in 2014, which was organized by Isidora Paz Lopez. This is the second half of my conversation with Adriana that we had back in January. Please listen to the first half if you haven't yet. It's filled with gold. In the second half, we talk about mural commissions Adriana has done, and we discuss some of the pros and cons of different mural methodologies. Adriana generously shares how she makes money as an artist, and we also get to hear the most satisfying moment of her career. We even get a little nerdy and talk about the definition of a mural, and finally, Adriana gives words of wisdom for Mosaic newbies. I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode, so please welcome back Adriana Mufareji. Recently, you
1: made an installation in a mural Yes, you showed me. It was with some beautiful hummingbirds.
2: Yes. I'm not a muralist. My personal work is always in small or medium sizes on boards. As I told you, I started making murals as a teaching activity. Mm-hmm. But along the years, I had some commissions, for private commissions. And the Mm -hmm. last one was for a weekend house in a tourist city nearby. And my client is also a painter. Okay. So she was the one who had the concept, the subject, and we discussed many things, the composition, and she lent a hand with the installation too. Okay.
1: So it was a collaboration.
2: Her collaboration between us both.
1: Perfect. Well, it turned out really beautiful. I I really like the the colors and the cuts.
2: She also chose the wall, which, in fact, they are on the sides of a very, very big glass door that looks on a very panoramic view of a lake. So, I thought, how will I compete with such a spectacular landscape? <laughs> and I made a white background. And I think that helps the work to shine.
1: Yeah, it looks very nice in that space. The house has kind of white finish, everything's white. So, it makes it really light, big, and open. And there's another commissioned work that you have on your website that, in Mosaic that. I feel like you must be super famous for this one because I saw this one that you made and I just got, fell out of my chair like, <laughs> when I looked at it because it's, it's so incredible. From, I believe
2: it's 2014, Rubias de New York. Ah, uh, yes. For that client, uh-huh. I made two murals. In fact, they were planned as murals, but uh-huh. they are actually made on fiber cement boards Ah, okay. And then they are screwed on the walls because my client always thinking when I die, he's quite old. When I die, my children will want to sell this place and I want them to be able to remove the mosaics. (laughs) Yeah. He didn't want them to be on the wall itself. That's why I made it on five or seven, but they were planned and designed For the walls. For the space as a mural. Yeah. Yes, and they are two. Mm -hmm. They are two. And they they are in a kind of private museum or a private collection that he has, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: mainly about the best-known Argentina tango singer, Carlos Gardel, who died in 1935 in a plane crash. Well, so he is a big fan of Gardel, Mm -hmm. and he collects everything about him, original photographs, the original records, musical scores, and everything about Carlos garden okay. So I made these two murals. Well, the first one, he asked me for a... Gardel had to be singing in the mural. So I took the image from one of his films, because he also, in the last years of his career, he acted in movies, mm-hmm. quite bad movies, because <laughs> the main objective of the movie was just showing him singing. Okay. <laughs> <That> was <awful. laughs> he was really a very bad actor. Oh, very no. bad. Well, so he's singing. And that's the first one. He's, he's alone oh, yeah. standing and yeah. singing.
1: Yeah, I
2: And I put him on a scenery of another different movie. Okay. And then a couple of years after that, my client built a new room in that same place, which is near Córdoba. And he told me he was imagining a famous scene of another movie in which Gardel was with four blonde ladies Uh singing a song, which is called New York Blondes, Rubias de New York. Yeah. And it's a very famous, you can find it in YouTube, the whole scene of the movie. Mm -hmm. And well, they are singing and you can see New York through a window. But in the mirror, I made a whole New York background. I mean, it's not New York. It's just a texture that resembles buildings. I see that. Yeah. Like a skyline, kind of. And um, I made the heads in glass tiles, here yes. in my studio. I love. Them. And then all the rest of the mural was made there, using everything: ceramic tiles and broken dishes, and even an antique, <laughs> because he collects antique objects, and he broke a beautiful vase with flowers. <laughs> He gave it Just to for me. Years. Did he break Just it on break purpose? It. <laughs> <laughs> Just break it. And look what I found. Come <laughs> on. Break it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. It's very funny. He has a collection of old cars, a collection of gramophones, of old radios. Mm-hmm. He's a very special person. And it's for him almost nobody goes there now in other times he used to make parties for Gardel's birthday for example uh-huh. or for his own birthday or he hired tango musicians he organized musical events but that was years ago now he just goes there and works there to maintain it and- well, that's all. And enjoy the time in his private place with the object that he loves.
1: Wow. Yeah,
2: it's really cool.
1: How long did it take you to, to make the entire scene of the New York Blondes, yeah. including the time in your studio and, and also working on site? Several months with several trips in between. Right, right. Ah, several trips to do other workshops in between. Right you got to be working on a lot of different things at once. It sounds like, wow, it's so cool. I really, really like it. And with your experience with making murals, you started and were doing community murals with kids at school or maybe with the neighborhood. It sounded like one of those with the neighborhood too. Yes. And then this mural is just you only in this particular one. And then you also had experience collaborating with another artist to make the most recent mural from this year at the guest house with the hummingbirds. And do you have a preference for the work style with with the mural? Like, do you prefer community murals? Do you prefer working by yourself? Do you prefer collaborating with one or two other artists? Are there some advantages or disadvantages to each of these styles? Or what are your thoughts about The different methodologies of making murals?
2: Well, I'm quite old now. (laughs) I'm 59 and a half. And they are different approaches. And Mm -hmm. working with a community has its beautiful parts, of course, Mm -hmm. but it's too much work. It's exhausting, Mm -hmm. really. And I don't think I would really enjoy it right now because it's just such a big effort that I wouldn't do it anymore, really. Sure. At least not the way I used to do it, mm-hmm. working myself. But no, I, I don't think. And maybe collaborating with another artist, that would be good. I never did it that way. It was only me or with the community.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, now you have that experience of the Hummingbird's mural that it sounded
2: like it was... Yes, it was a collaboration, but uh-huh. I made the mosaic by myself.
1: Right, right. Okay.
2: Sure. She, she helped me with the installation and mm-hmm. the design was more of a collaborative process. Sure. But, but it wasn't truly made by two... Uh, Got it. Got it. You know, yeah. the mosaic. That's-
1: Mm-hmm. Of course. Okay. That makes sense. So now, if any of my listeners might want to see what their options could be of pursuing a career in art, what are the different ways that you make money doing art? we have talked about a, a few of them, okay. I think.
2: Well, first, I've been working as an art teacher in schools. Much before I started doing Mm Mosaic. And that's for, in England, they say for bread and butter or to make and meet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And besides, I already have three more years to retire. Okay. So it means a little retirement to me now Uh because now I'm really very tired and I'm not interested in it anymore. But I only go to school twice a week. Now we are on summer holidays, Uh but from March to Mm mid-December, I go only twice a week. So it leaves me a a lot of time. So that's making it meet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then the Mosaic workshops are, in fact, my most important income Mm -hmm. and the income that has allowed me to save money all these years. And the art commissions are eventual. I mean, maybe a whole year passes and I don't have any. And the next one, I have one or two. In my case, I can't make a living out of that because sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. And besides here, you never charge what you should charge because you know very well how long it takes to make a small mosaic so they will never value your time because it takes a lot of time so you end up charging much less than you should but you make it just the same because you love to make it (laughs) you make it because you want Mm. but the money issue is important here yeah at least when you are not a well-known artist who is into the, the art scene and whose signature has a price, which, of course, is not my case. Right.
1: But it's going to be uh, soon because you're, you are so talented, Adriana. <laughs> you're going to make it big.
2: <laughs> I hope so, but I wouldn't be so sure, no. I, it's more a matter of public relations with the people that is inside the art scene. And I don't make any public relations with those people, so.
1: <laughs> well, we never know. Well, anyway, but it's nice to to kind of see that the teaching of the art, whether it's in a school or doing workshops, can be a great way to be able to make money as an artist. And you've also got the commission projects that come every once in a while. That can be fun. And then you also, it sounds like, have time to do kind of personal works, too. Are you always working on a personal project in the background, even if it takes yeah. a while? Uh-huh.
2: Yes. There are many artists who are working in several works at the same time. Mm-hmm. I could never do that. I simply can't. Yeah. I okay. have to concentrate in a work. And when it's finished, then I start the next one. So when okay. I have a commission, I make the commission. And in between commissions, Mm -hmm. I make my own personal work. But sometimes I spend a year or two without any commission. So I have plenty of time for my personal work.
1: Okay. Got it. Got it. I think it shows a very good work ethic to finish something before moving on to the next project.
2: No, I can be a little... It's not about work, work ethics, it's just <laughs> my temper. My mind is it's like is too small, it's too small to. There is no place for two or three different projects at the same time. <laughs> okay. <There's no> place.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I think it's good that you finish them though, because some people start a bunch of different things and they don't finish most of them. So, in your way of working, I see this as the positive. You make sure you get things finished which I think can be a challenge for a lot of artists, so good for you. Yes,
2: but mosaic takes such a lot of time and materials and so on. When you paint, for example, it's much easier that you have a couple of easels and two or three different paintings and at the same time you draw Mm -hmm. and you know, it's just you can handle different projects more easily. Sure. When you're making a mistake you usually your whole room or your home studio is full with all the tools and materials that you're using for that project.
1: Right.
2: Maybe you don't have room for two projects at the same time.
1: Right, because it is very intensive. It really does take them yeah. a lot of space. It's
2: yes. Great.
1: Thanks. On that note, are you one of those people that sketches every day? Or very frequently? No. No? Okay. Me neither, really. (laughs) I would kind of like to be, but (laughs) it makes me feel better that I'm not the only one. Because, again, (laughs) I just so admire you as an artist. I think you're awesome. Can you tell me about one of the most satisfying moments in your artistic career thus far?
2: I admire Ilya Ilya very much. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know about him. He's a Bulgarian artist he's very old now nearly 90 Uh and he's my mosaic idol he makes poetry out of mosaic and one of my friends visited him uh, years ago and i sent i made a little portrait for him as a gift and we write to each other seldom but once in a while and he has told me he appreciates what I do, so that's maybe my my best moments is whenever I receive some words from him, wow. because I consider it really an honor because I don't know what he does. it's a lifetime of mosaic art in his case. Mm-hmm. Uh, since the 60s or 50s, I don't know, there in Eastern Europe. His work is really wonderful. It's beyond words what wow. he what he does.
1: Yes, I can definitely see how that would be really satisfying to be seen and recognized by one of your top artistic mosaics. It's heroes. almost like,
2: like incredible, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Because. I started 10 years ago, 11 years ago. And mm-hmm. without knowing it, someone from Italy or even from Eastern Europe where they have a tradition, mm-hmm. they have a background, they have, oh, they have the Roman empire and the Byzantine <laughs> empire. Mm-hmm. They have places full of mosaics everywhere, mm-hmm. everywhere they study mosaics in art schools. They have such a huge tradition that here you feel that you don't exist because (laughs) this is everything's new for us. Uh There's no background, no traditions. You have to start from zero. I definitely see your point about that for sure. And hopefully, I mean,
1: I think that coming to any art form uh, as a newbie kind of gives you a fresh, fresh take on it though too. And maybe maybe that's something that he likes about your work is it does feel fresh and modern. And
2: who knows what he sees it? I don't know, but one of the people in the urban intervention where we met mm-hmm. there were these Italians. And a French girl, too, who studied in uh, Friuli School, in Spilimbergo School. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to them about this issue, Mm -hmm. that we have no tradition. And uh, she told me, this girl told me, that can be an advantage because you are free. The tradition... Is a heavy weight on your shoulders. And she told me, in Italy, we wouldn't be able to make a work like this one we made in Chile. Or the Chileans who started this project in Santiago. It would have been impossible to make something like this. Out of nowhere. Out of nothing. And that's what Isidora tells that in that video that we have all seen in YouTube. Urban Mosaic Interventions, Puente Alto. Mm -hmm. She says, we didn't know anything. We started with hammers, breaking the ceramic tiles with hammers because we didn't have any tools. We had no idea. And she started to buy books and see what had been done before. And she and the other people decided not to follow any tradition, but to learn in the process. And to make their own way. And that's what they did. And it turned out to be one of a kind work. So you're right. It has its advantages, not having a tradition. Yeah. Wow, that was a perfect but, story well, for that. Here in Latin America, we've been, especially people that my generation, we have been raised always looking at Europe as the main source of education and culture to imitate. Hmm. So that's where that comes from, Mm -hmm. that feeling.
1: Well, this has been so fun. I'm so glad that you've been (laughs) on here. And I want to ask you, is there anything else that you would like to tell our listeners today?
2: Well, your listeners will not only be mosaic artists because I, this podcast is about mural art in general, you will also interview painters.
1: That's right, yes. Um,
2: that's why I told you previously that I don't consider myself a muralist because it's not something that I usually make. I have done it with a lot of, but I feel a lot of respect for true muralists and so what i have humbly tried to do being a kind of outsider to mural art is to especially when teaching it it's to make clear that not any mosaic is a mural just for being stuck on a wall mm-hmm. Because some people who make mosaic really don't know what making a mural is. So I think we must be very respectful to artists who really devote their lives to making murals, especially in public places. Mm -hmm. So when teaching, I always told the students that a mural is not some rectangle that you make in your studio and then you put it anywhere on any wall that happens to appear no that is not a mirror it's just a mosaic panel that you put you hang a, a, like right. it was a painting you don't hang you know. it you use cement if it was a painting you would hang it but it's just it's the same concept you make a painting and you hang it on your home or in someone else's home and it's just the same Mm a mural is a site-specific work i mean first you have to have the wall which is a particular wall Mm -hmm. and you have to consider the shape the material if there's a window a door or something else Mm. the place where the wall is Is it indoors, outdoors, in a city? Where is it? Who will walk that street if it's outside? Who will the persons uh, who will see the mural while they're walking? You have to consider the movement. Well, it's a complex matter, very complex. It doesn't mean that I have approached each mural with such a complete... (laughs) approach. No. I did the best I could. Well, that I would say that I admire very much all artists who work in public spaces. I think many times what happens outside on the streets is considered art. is much more interesting than anything that happens into the museum or art galleries. Many Great. times, it, the streets are much more interesting. Mm-hmm. And you know it very well because Santiago de Chile is full of street art. Yes. And Valparaíso, where you have lived too, mm-hmm. is full of street art too. And it's wonderful and meaningful because everybody can see it. Everybody. And yes. well, so... Much respect to mural artists.
1: Very, very well said. I loved how you went into some of the considerations that mural artists need to think about regarding space, who is going to see the mural, etc. I'm not going to go into all of it because you said it so well. And I think I do want to highlight, though, that you did several outdoor mosaic murals, collaborative murals, and that's nothing to sneeze at. I think that collaborative processes are very integral to a lot of mural styles. So I think that's really valuable. And it was so cool to get to meet you at the intervention in 2014 where we worked together. We were on the same wall working together. We had our own little space, but we were part of that group. And so this is an interesting philosophical question. What is a true muralist, a real muralist, quote unquote? Um, I mean, to me, you could be considered if you wanted to be a muralist for the works that you have done. Private commissions could be considered murals, not only public art. It's like it's yes, I guess of in course. the
2: definitions, right? Yes, of course. It may be a, a, a private commission too, but those mm-hmm. guidelines apply to yeah uh, because mm-hmm. there will be the people who will see it and right. and especially most of all the wall the wall it has yeah. to be done for that particular wall and yeah. what surrounds the wall too
1: exactly mm-hmm. yes no and I, I think it's so interesting and i think it would be great to have an episode defining what is a mural could <laughs> be just one episode and defining things you need to consider as you prepare. We could have like a step-by-step process for things to think about if people want to design their own murals. But yeah, so thank you for your thoughts. I really appreciate your thoughts about this. I like these types of conversations. That's why we're doing this podcast here. Anything you would say to people who want to start a mosaic and haven't started?
2: Well, especially To people here in our Latin American countries, Uh don't think that it's something expensive in terms of materials. Of course, we love small tea and all those European expensive materials or those stained glass or marble and so on. But Mm -hmm. no, that's not the way of starting. You just... You can use the stones you have in the beach near your house or, or in anywhere. Construction stones. You can use broken dishes, ceramic tiles from a construction or old glasses, painted glasses, shells, even uh, tiny metal pieces mm-hmm. or whatever. You can make a site with almost anything. So... Don't think that you need to invest a lot of money for starting because that's not true. And you can start just with one nipper. I started with one nipper. It took Mm -hmm. some years to buy the two-wheel nipper. Oh yeah, everything with the
1: glass tile. Yeah,
2: that I would like to say. Don't limit yourself if you think you don't have enough money. You just need time. You don't need time.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Adriana. That's perfect. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with me today and have this really interesting conversation. And I look forward to another opportunity when we can talk again on this
0: podcast. Whenever
2: you want, I'm here. <laughs>
0: okay, thank thank you, you
2: very much. And I wish you all the success with the podcast.
0: Thank you so much again to Adriana for coming on this podcast. It was such a pleasure to have her on, and I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Now here we have the spectacular takeaways from the second half. Number one, fiber cement boards can be a great solution if you want to be able to detach your mosaic mural from the wall. Number two, teaching art, both in schools and in private workshops, is a great way to make sustainable income as an artist. Number three, If your culture doesn't have a mosaic tradition, this can be an advantage because you are free to experiment and explore. Number four, a mural is a site-specific artwork with many considerations involved. It's not the same as making an artwork in your studio and sticking it on a random wall. Number five, the idea of a quote-unquote true muralist is an interesting philosophical question, but in the end, you decide whether or not you are a muralist. Number six, Adriana totally busted the myth that you have to draw every day to be a successful artist and create beautiful artwork. And finally, number seven, for people starting mosaic, it doesn't have to be expensive. You can use inexpensive materials, including objects you have at home. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Beyond the Wall, Masaya Allá del Muro. We love that you're here. You can follow Adriana on Instagram at amuforreje.mosaico. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to support the show, you can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthewall.muralpodcast. Sharing this episode with a friend and leaving a review are more ways that you can spread the love. Finally, you can support us at my Patreon page for exclusive benefits related to the podcast. Find me at patreon.com forward slash Shannon McAvoy. Have a great day and see you next time!